0: Welcome to another exciting edition of Chiropractic United Podcast for July 27, 2011. This podcast is brought to you by Chiropractic Biophysics. For more information on CBP, browse to idealspine.com. Also brought to you by Elite Coaching. see how Dr. Fred can bring your practice to new heights, visit elitecoachingllc.com. And finally, by my company, Posture Co. For more information on how Posture Screen Mobile can benefit your practice, Simply go to iTunes, go to the App Store, search for Posture, and then you'll see Posture Screen Mobile. You can download now for $3.99 to get started. Now, let's get started with the podcast.
1: Okay, welcome to the Wednesday night, July 27th, 2011 episode of Chiropractic United. And Chiropractic United is an online HD streaming video a uh, group that uh, teaches the research, philosophy, purpose, patient management of uh, subluxation-based chiropractic to uh, give these corrective care doctors a foundation to move their practices forward every day. So we're here tonight with myself, Dr. Fred DiDomenico of Elite Coaching, Dr. Deed Harrison of CBP, and Joe Ferrantelli of Posture Co., And our special guest tonight is Dr. Joe Betts, who's an ICA representative of Idaho, and also a CBP instructor. So tonight we're gonna talk about an exciting topic, uh, scoliosis. And uh, we're gonna bring you some some awesome information and uh, purpose to help probably the most subluxated type of person uh, in your practice. But before we get into that, uh, in the last week and a half, we had a history-turning event, um, the passing of Dr. Don Harrison, who who paved the road that, uh, that all of us subluxation-based chiropractors get to drive on. And uh, right now, uh, Dr. Deed, his son, would like to just say a few words on his behalf. And uh, before we get into that, just a word of gratitude and uh, honor that we had a that the world had a chance to get to have a person of such great light, intellect, and purpose be able to help redefine the profession for us. So, on that note,
2: go ahead, Deed. Yeah, um, really, I'd like to just let everybody out there know that uh, the rumors on Facebook. Uh, which is a great, you know, it's a great social network and such. But occasionally things are put on there a little too early by uh, a friend or a family member and uh, just creates a lot of um, unorganized chaos. And and I I really appreciated everybody's comments on Facebook. They were heartwarming. They were heart-wrenching at the same time and gut-wrenching. Uh, but I, I had hoped i would have uh a few days t- to uh process it but needless to say I'm, I'm getting a lot of uh uh emails and facebook messages asking if if uh if my father did indeed pass away and and yes on uh on july 20th wednesday afternoon uh unfortunately my my father passed away due to complications of type 2 diabetes And he passed peacefully away uh, at the University of Utah Hospital with his wife, Dr. Sang Harrison, who loved him dearly and cared for him, and myself, uh, Dr. Deed Harrison, his son, and my sister, my older sister, Holly, Holly Glebe, uh, uh, or his daughter, my sister, with all of us by his side, uh, and he passed away. So yes, my father did pass at the age of 65 and before, you know, the rumors get out there and and such, I'd just like you to know what had happened and, uh, the family, we will be preparing a a formal obituary and release for, for the chiropractic, uh, colleges and, and media out there. So everybody can understand his impact on, uh, the lives in, in chiropractic, but not only that, the type of person that he was and his personal hobbies and interests that a lot of times people didn't get to know about when they uh, just saw the chiropractor in him. Uh, so we'll, we'll do that formally in uh, the next week or two. And then the family uh, is going to have a, a memorial celebration of life, um, not really a funeral, but a celebration of life, for my father, and a lot of people have asked about that. Uh, unfortunately, we can't open it up to everybody that my father ever touched their lives and changed their lives with chiropractic, and and that's I've come to find out that's uh, thousands of people in the last week, um, and maybe if not millions with the patients. But the, you know, unfortunately, we can't open it up for for everybody. Uh, so what we're doing is we're Having a, a very small gathering of family, of course, and then close personal friends who knew my father, Dr. Don Harrison, uh, for more than just a chiropractor who actually knew him and uh, who who was personal friends. And those friends would be any, anywhere from his high school friends to his uh, chiropractic college friends to his, his mentors uh, to – you know his hunting buddies in the later years, and and uh, just people that he crossed paths with from all, all walks of life. So uh, I, I know that a lot of you may be uh, uh, upset or or feel a little neglected that we we're not asking everybody to attend, but that that's the way we'd like it. And and then what we'll do is uh, at the CBP annual in September, and in Phoenix, Arizona. And please understand, this is not a marketing ploy to get you to to attend the annual. This is what we're going to be doing. Um, We'll consider having a memorial service for my father Friday evening at the annual, September 23rd, from about 7 to maybe 9 o'clock for the attendees at the annual and for anybody else that wants to attend. And you don't have to to attend the annual to come to that memorial presentation for my father, so we'll just we'll allow people that just want to listen in to attend but i I would you know if anybody's listening to this and wants to do that, you'll need the r s v p with my my staff at c b p seminars so we can get an accurate headcount of of who's going to walk in and listen in because you know you just can't handle a thousand people showing up uh so that that's what we're going to do and and uh yes i'm i'm deeply saddened and and my stepmother is is uh deeply saddened and and uh my sister and and uh don's uh step stepson who he considered his brother uh sang son and and what i consider to be my brother aaron aaron molino uh, uh on behalf of that family and there's extended family too and Uh, Please understand I'm not trying to ignore them. I'm just bringing up the immediate family that, uh, you know, we're all kind of grieving right now and we appreciate all the the kind words and the gestures everybody has said on Facebook. And we'll do a special in the coming month or two. We'll probably do several special dedications on on this podcast to the the life work of, of my father um, as, as we move on, because it's just, there's so many things he did. I think we could, we could do that as a tribute to him and and we'll tell you different things we'll be setting up. So just to, um, address some of the concerns out there from the chiropractic profession that, that that's the case. Unfortunately, my father did pass away. Um, so what we'd like to do at this, uh, on this podcast is, uh, to actually start that tribute to him with, uh, one of our, Upcoming seminars is August thirteenth and fourteenth, and it's uh, in Seattle at the Double Tree SeaTac Airport, and we'll be talking about scoliosis. And scoliosis is really a special uh, deformity in the spine that's uh, very complex. There's a, a lot of information. Nobody has all the answers. But my father, with his engineering background and his math background, had uh, very unique and original ideas on the management of scoliosis with conservative chiropractic methods so that 's what we 'll be talking about uh, tonight for the rest of the podcast uh, in in general terms scoliosis, but in specific terms some of the the uh, unique applications that my father did for uh, assisting in understanding how to manage this complex uh, disorder so What I'd like to do is uh, uh, introduce Dr. Joe Betts. And Dr. Joe Betts is a CBP instructor. Uh, He's a chiropractor in Boise, Idaho. He's an ICA board member, and he's also a board member of the Idaho Chiropractic Association. And uh, Dr. Joe Betts and I will be uh, doing the the scoliosis seminar together for the 12 hours. We'll split the work um, and... uh, and of course, Dr. Fred DiDomenico will be doing a presentation on uh, on scoliosis management from the patient perspective and, and the patient side of this and management uh, so you, the doctor understands how to apply the information from the uh, weekend's presentation. But I'd like to turn this over to Dr. Joe Butts to uh, just give a summary of uh, some of the, the key information that he's going to be addressing, uh, and he'll cite a few articles And then I'll uh, ask uh, you, Dr. Joe, and Dr. Fred, to comment on what Joe will will present. And then uh, I'll I'll end with uh, what my father uh, did to help uh, chiropractic and really uh, conservative care in general understand interventions for uh, scoliosis. So that's what we have on the plate in front of us. So uh, Dr. Joe Betts.
3: Hey, everybody. I'm glad to be here tonight. We um, are going to have a really great seminar in Seattle. We've done this seminar a few times around the country, and we've always had an incredible turnout. Doctors really enjoy uh, attending the seminar. They learn a, an incredible amount of information over the course of a weekend. and I always joke that we could probably, you know do a whole seminar series just on the topic of scoliosis, but a lot of people would probably fall asleep. Um, you do have to learn some basic, you know what some people might consider boring information. It's the stuff that I like the most, the biomechanics and the neurology, um, the physiology of, of scoliosis and, and, and how the, the condition starts, and how the condition progresses. So we, we do spend a little bit of time covering those things, but we save the majority of the time to talk about the clinical application of, of that information, how we apply it to managing scoliosis cases in the practice so that doctors can get back to the clinic on Monday and, and start using that information on their current patients. And hopefully, all of their future patients. Um, when we when we first start talking in the seminar, we usually, of course, we get over the uh, the initial introduction of scoliosis and introduction to CBP, and we get into the biomechanics of scoliosis. Uh, the biomechanics of scoliosis is dramatically different than the biomechanics of the normal spine. Um, scoliosis is a complex three dimensional deformity. You've got um, twisting of the spine and obviously the frontal plane deformity with uh, the cob angles that are visible on x-ray. And you also have abnormal sagittal plane alignment of the spine. And a lot of people uh, don't know that there are correlations between scoliosis and certain types of scoliosis and sagittal plane deformities. And so we cover that. And, and that's equally as important to improve in a patient the sagittal alignment as the frontal plane alignment, you know, improving a cob angle. And so we talk extensively about that because we want to work to improve the whole patient, not just a cob angle or just a Risser-Ferguson angle. Um, We want to improve the entire alignment. Um, We get into talking about the coupling patterns in scoliosis, how they're different from the mechanical coupling patterns in the traditional spine and and, and some of these are complex, complex topics, but they're extremely important to understand if you want to successfully manage these types of cases. And, um, and there's different, different types of scoliosis out there that we kind of address. There's um, you know, more non-structural types um, that might be due to leg length inequality or pure postural problems, and we have to differentiate those and teach the audience how to do that. And that's a, a, a very, very important thing to do, because I have a lot of cases that are sent to me, doctors send x-rays over, and they say they have a patient with scoliosis they want some help with. And unfortunately, they, they've they um, mislabeled that patient with scoliosis, when in, in, in actuality, it's just a com- combination of different postures. And so we teach, patient or teach the doctors how to identify these patients. And and differentiate those because it will make a, a really big impact on, on how you handle that patient clinically um, probably the most the, the, I think most the most important thing that dr. Don Harrison ever taught me um, was the non commutative property of finite rotation angles under addition and and I know the average listener has no idea what I'm talking about and and all those gung-ho CBPers out there, you know, remember what I'm talking about from, from Dr. Don's lecture with his pictures of the books. And, and we talk about that uh, several times throughout the lecture to make sure people understand that because that's really at the center of, of what we do in CBP and how we analyze a scoliotic spine and, and find out what's going to benefit a patient the most. Um, sometimes you can apply traditional CBP procedures that would, you would use on any other patient uh, based upon their posture and you might actually make the patient's spine worse and so we have to teach you how to avoid that and and dr Don's his knowledge in, in mechanical engineering is um, you know unparalleled in, in in the spinal correction world and so he he brought that to us and brought that to me when I was a student and that was something that I clung to as a student and, and really one of the reasons why I got so involved in in um, working with scoliosis patients and involved in reading scoliosis research. Um, I'm I'm pretty certain that I've probably read as many papers as any other chiropractor out there in the world on scoliosis, and um, there isn't a small volume of work. And so we we incorporate the most clinically relevant things into this lecture, and I I think doctors really do come to appreciate it. Um, A lot of people do ask about the the cause of scoliosis. And I think there's a lot of misinformation that's out there. Um, some perpetuated within the chiropractic um, schools or within the chiropractic technique teaching systems. And we kind of try to work to uh, um, put those, that misinformation in its place. We try to educate doctors on what might be correct that they're hearing out there and what's incorrect. And, and it's an unfortunate thing because I see that all the time um, I saw it today, even on Facebook. Um, I noticed some some doctor posting some research about, you know, the true cause of scoliosis is finally found, and it was a about a focal dystonia of the spine. And um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be step out on a limb here and actually say that every scol- every patient with scoliosis does not have a focal dystonia, and so to consider that as a cause of scoliosis is kind of silly. And, of course, that doctor had a great treatment plan for focal dystonias. And so we try to put a lot of that stuff to rest because misinformation is is misleading to the doctor. It's misleading to the patient. And when you're dealing with orthopedic surgeons who often you're working with on these cases, it can make you look a little foolish. And so we want to make sure chiropractors are up to date on everything. Um, And for those of you who have the lumbar rehab textbook from CBP, you'll know that there are a couple chapters in there on scoliosis, and we cover that information. But um, I just looked in my folder here. I've been collecting research articles since that book published, and I have over 150 um, that have come out since the publication of our our textbook. And so the information that we have in the lecture is dramatically updated, as it is with all CBP lectures. And so don't rely upon old information when new information is always coming out. The... um, the clinical application of CBP in, in scoliosis management, um, like I mentioned, largely relies upon the non-commutative property of finite rotation angles, and we're going to teach everybody how that works, but it's basically learning what kind of motions you can teach the patient to improve a scoliosis, and we design a, a spinal correction program based upon that. We do our spinal adjustments based upon that, and our spinal exercise is based upon what we learn in, um, in taking these special X-rays, and so we these stress films are something that we we want to focus on extensively. The <clears throat> so learning how to do those is is really an art in and of itself. Um, sometimes CBP is viewed as being pretty pretty complex and pretty in depth, and of course the um, the complexity of, of CBP technique is, is, uh, takes another step up when you start dealing with scoliosis and some of that information. Um, and, as far as, and as far as the types of, of scoliosis out there, the largest percentage of cases are the adolescent idiopathic cases. Um, these are the, the kids who develop it. And so a lot of times you have to be working with these, these preteens and teenagers, and that poses uh, a lot of problems. But we do see a lot of adults with scoliosis as chiropractors they come in with pain and there's there's several different ways that they can develop this scoliosis. They may have had it when they were a teenager and not known about it, and that has a certain presentation. The curve will appear a certain way, but then there are adults that develop scoliosis it's called adult onset scoliosis or degenerative scoliosis and and that type of scoliosis is um it can be quite severe for a patient because it causes an incredible amount of pain and disability in these, these patients. And the number of patients with adults with scoliosis is, approaches 10 to 15%. So we see a lot of people with this. And, and uh, as chiropractors, because we do manage a lot of patients that have pain, um, they do end up in our offices. So learning how to deal with these patients is important. Um, there was a, a great article that was published in, in the journal Spine in 2002, um, it was Murata, M-U-R-A-T-A, um, and, and others. And the article <clears throat> was called Changes in Scoliotic Curvature and Lordotic Angle During the Early Phase of Degenerative Lumbar Scoliosis. And so these are all adults um, that are contracting scoliosis. They studied 243 subjects. And what they did, um, this was a really great study. Um, what they did was they took these 243 subjects, and they had low back pain but no scoliosis at initial examination. And they did um, frontal plane and sagittal plane x-rays of these people, and then they followed them over a four-year period of time. Um, During that time, 47 subjects out of the 243 developed the presence of a scoliotic angle greater than 10 degrees, okay? So they basically saw these people before they had the scoliosis with pain. They followed them, and a certain number of them developed scoliosis, And then what they did was they looked at those people, and they followed them prospectively over time, okay? And they did x-rays and and follow-up exams and different types of procedures. Mm -hmm. They wanted to see what was unique about these people, what made them develop scoliosis. And what they found was that changes, and, and I'll quote this, changes in segmental lordotic wedging also were observed during these examinations, Of the 79 discs that showed more than a 5-degree decrease in segmental lordotic wedging, progression of scoliotic wedging at the same level was observed in 56 cases, either simultaneously or previous examinations. And so basically what they found was that a significant number of these patients, um, the location where they developed the scoliosis, they actually had a loss of lumbar curve, a loss of lordosis at those areas. And so, what you know, we immediately look at that and say, "Well, that makes a lot of sense." And this goes back to a lot of the biomechanics that Dr. Don Harrison taught us. When you lose spine, the normal spinal curve in the low back, it becomes more likely to collapse or buckle. And so, a buckling phenomenon occurs, and then the patient develops scoliosis in the frontal plane. And so, idiopathic scoliosis in the adult—it's been labeled idiopathic, meaning cause unknown. And in reality, this paper sheds some light on one of the reasons why people develop scoliosis in adulthood. And it's from the spine straightening out. And uh, this is one of my uh, favorite papers that I've seen.
2: So let, let's take a, a second right there and say, well, you know, number one, this, this says we need to take x-rays on all of the people that, that come through our door. And in this particular case, the senior uh, patient that comes through our door and we want to get them in their, in their 40s and 50s before they develop scoliosis. And we, when you see loss of lordosis on the x-ray with degeneration at that level, you better be concerned with the possibility of them developing adult-onset scoliosis. So, Dr. Fred, I'm sure you'd like to, to uh, comment on that particular topic.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, always in a report of findings, people talk about progression, Indeed, you know, you guys have so much research in every seminar that supports abnormal posture, not only leading to organ problems, but a shortened lifespan. You know, we talked about this on another uh, Kyrie United podcast at the Thoracic Seminar, where hyperkyphosis leads to compression fractures, which are associated with a shortened lifespan. So, you know, I mean, postural distortions weaken bone. They, you know, they weaken the whole structure. They collapse. The body adapts. And curves as curves collapse, you know, you get uh, angles in there that accelerate. The, the more the distortion is, the faster it collapses. There's a lot of management groups that are great at progression, but very few are great at urgency, And when you look at chiropractic principle, a subluxated spine and posture will collapse. And the faster that the the more it distorts from normal, the faster the rate of degeneration is collapsing. And, you know, like you said, adult onset is a spine that is weakened, a postural structural distortion that is weakened to the point where it collapses into a scoliosis.
2: How's that? Yep, yeah, that's good, you know, and, and, you know, the doctor gets excited about what they, well, at least the CBP doctor or the corrective care doctor gets excited about what they see on the x-ray. And yes, you need to explain that to the patient, but you also have to explain it in terms that they... The patient understands and relate it to the patient needs and the wants and their goals. And that's really what you do, uh, uh, Fred, with Elite Coach. And you take this this scientific information and the information that we teach the doctors, and you teach them how they can get this to the patient to where the patient understands the need for care based on what the patient wants and needs. and in well, yeah. The, yeah. No, I was going to say in the end, that makes us both happy, the patient and the doctor.
1: Oh, well, yeah. And the next thing is, you know, it's it's kind of like if you look at Sports Illustrated and they take my, a picture of uh, Michael Jordan jumping from the top of the key. Well, he's in midair, halfway to the basket. His tongue's hanging out. God knows what position he's in. And there's that snapshot at that moment. But in reality, it should be a video. He's moving, and that's a snapshot. Well, that's what an X-ray is. An x-ray is a snapshot of a spine that is in, that is collapsing. It should be a video, not a picture, not a still picture. And that's what chiropractors don't communicate is, look, this thing is a snapshot in a moment of time. You know, your posture is in the, in the process of collapse. And that x-ray is, bam, just that second. And that's what I think they missed. The, the biggest problem is, is you can say in a report of findings is in five years, in 10 years, what will happen? Well, what you just told them is you got five or 10 years to think about it.
3: Mm-hmm. No,
1: you got to say, as your spine is collapsing right now, as you're standing there thinking about what priority your health is, what's happening to your body.
2: Yeah, that's awesome. Dr. Uh, Dr. Joe, you there?
0: Yeah, I'm here just taking it all in, but I, I think that, uh, you know, based on when I was in full-time practice, too, and seeing a lot of these, and, you know, uh, I saw a lot more of adult onset scoliosis in my, my uh, area, and I know um, Dr. Betts is, uh, you know, one of the leading experts that I even look up to, and I even referred uh, Dr. Joe cases to, to help me co-manage in case I was missing something. I appreciate that help, Joe, even though I'm an instructor just like you are. Sometimes we need some help from our friends. And uh, the thing that I've noted is uh, you always have to be realistic with patients and their goals. you know. And it ultimately is the patient's choice on what they want to do, and you have to present the information logically. And I, I think that one of the great things with elite coaching is is that we have all the passion of chiropractic, But we have the science, too, and we know with certainty what really is achievable through our methods. And we've had a lot of cases that have been to chiropractors for a long, long time that improved quite a bit. And, no, you're not going to make a person that's 65 years old have a spine that's perfectly straight. But, you know, their expectations are a bit different than a 14-year-old that's growing or a 12-year-old that's growing. You know, you can change their whole life when they're young. So the best, obviously, as chiropractors listening, they know that. Um, but my point being is don't give up with a, you know, a geriatric case that has scoliosis because a lot of times they want to do everything that they can and maintain the lifestyle as long as they can. And using Fred's principles, you can carry that message on and it's a lot easier to communicate.
2: Yeah,
1: I think that Sorry, go ahead. No, no, go ahead, Fred. Well, I just want to say we have elite clients that call me and, you know, they get into elite and... You know, they come in because maybe their close rate isn't as, as much. And then it blows their mind that they go, I have an 85-year-old patient that gave me a $6,000 prepay." I got a, I got a story, a 93-year-old patient prepaid. So like Joe said, never judge who's standing in front of you and that person's inspiration to want to be healthy, or at least if they have five years left on their life, they want to make them the best. Never underestimate a person's motivation and
0: inspiration to want to have a great life. Yeah, absolutely. Even with um, even when and this is for all you corrective docs out there, even when you think that you've corrected it and you're happy with your correction, don't assume that the patient's happy. I mean, uh, we all have stories, and I know Deed even touches on these stories that you know sometimes they want ideal sometimes they want to strive and they want to keep going. And who are you to judge their, their what their healing potential is? I mean, of course we have some educated guesses, but you know what? Sometimes you're you're, you're surprised if you're willing to give a person a chance for that extra step. So don't try and short sell yourself if a person truly wants to do even more rehab in your office. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. And you know what you
2: guys just said, and for me to bring this back to the beginning... Which uh you know we're all pretty good at doing, with the loss of my father, if if somebody would have told told me and shown me that where I could see evidence that that they could help his quality of life in the last two and a half years with what he uh, struggled with, um, you know with with the complications of type two diabetes, if and you know the listeners out there don't send me a bunch of stuff because trust me, it's not what you think. It's not just, you know, blood sugar and weight loss. That's not it. It's something else that we don't need to talk about. But, you know, if there was something that I knew that had evidence for and that a doctor would say, you know, the, the high probability is that this is going to work, whatever doctor that was, I'd have paid thirty to $40,000 for that. and And I would have done it in a heartbeat, you know, so... So the idea of what we're talking about here to, to you know, improve somebody's quality of life for five years or six years or whatever it is, you don't know what that's worth to the individual. That's for them to decide. It's for you to present them with an imp- the information and then the information in a way that they can absorb and handle it and then allow them to make their choice. So I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so what we'll do is uh, we'll turn it over to Dr. Betts now because he's chomping at the bit to to show a few more studies because that's what he does. Yeah. So uh, so here we go.
3: Before I before I do that, I wanna I want to uh, to to do I want to say one thing. I actually had a case that I, I did a post X-ray on today. It was an adult with scoliosis and it, it was an adolescent onset, but she's in her fifties and. Um, This patient came from Twin Falls. I live in Boise, Idaho. And so we're talking about a distance of, um, I don't know, it's about an hour and 45-minute drive. So it's obviously pretty far. And what she would do is take off work. She would come to my clinic two days a week and get treated five times a day. And um, she prepaid for her entire treatment plan, didn't even blink an eye. When I told her how much it was, she's like, that's it? That's what she said. So I guess I should raise my, my fees to be more appropriate for expectations. But um, they prepay for their care, and they they come in. She, she, this particular woman got fabulous results. She only came into the office for maybe eight days um, and got multiple treatments per day. And we were able to post-x-ray her after just a couple, after a few weeks. And so don't underestimate the power of communication when talking to these patients. And, and they know what they want, and and. CBP doctors can deliver it you just have to know how to present it um, I did want to mention something that Fred was talking about with and this is such an important thing and I talk about this with my patients it's it's about the um, the early mortality okay of patients with scoliosis there's been a lot of information over the years about um, scoliosis and the effect on a person's health um, and maybe even being a cause of early death and back in the um, 40s, 1940s, I believe, uh, a study was published where they, they found that, that these curves around 40 to 50 degrees were, were causing um, early death in these patients. And, and it was a poorly executed study, but the entire medical industry um, used that study to develop their treatment guidelines, which is where the uh, necessity for surgery at 40 to 50 g- degrees comes into play. And um, a lot of that's been put to rest. And nowadays, the majority of research, when it talks about the clinical necessity of surgery for for curves at a certain size, um, under, you know, 40, 50, 60 degrees, um, generally speaking, the scientific side of the study show that that's only for cosmetic reasons. And so your patient should understand that. We'll be going over those references. I don't have them in front of me, but we're going over those references at the uh, seminar in Seattle But the prognosis with regards to early mortality, um, there are studies that show this scoliosis does have a significant effect upon a patient's um, health, their cardiorespiratory system. Um, It's only going to be immediately life-threatening when the curve's over 90 to 100 degrees. So when my patients come in, they say, you know, they want to do surgery. Do you think I should get surgery? And I just lay out the research for them, and I say, "Listen, the research shows that it's only going to affect the cardiorespiratory system immediately if the curves over ninety to 100 degrees. However, smaller curves, even though they're not life threatening immediately, do lead to potential early mortality. And there are studies that we go over to talk about lung lung function and mortality in scoliosis patients. And we go over this research and This one article by um, Hans Rudolf Weiss, he's a a conservative um, treating practitioner. He's, I guess, a a European-trained medical doctor. I'm not sure what his credentials are. But he's in Germany, and um, he at least used to head up the um, Katharina Schroff Hospital that utilizes the Schroff method in scoliosis, which we'll talk about in Seattle. And it's a conservative inpatient rehabilitation program, but this guy publishes a lot of fabulous research. So this one study published in the journal Scoliosis in, in 2010, um, it was called Spinal Deformities Rehabilitation, State-of-the-Art Review. So this was a review of the literature, and, and what he found, and I'll quote, he said, recent studies, however, have shown that vital capacity and exp- expiratory capacity characteristic of patients with mild to moderate scoliosis – are more reliable predictors of increased mortality than diabetes, high blood pressure, and heart disease. And he provides three references for that. And uh, those references come out of the New New England Journal of Medicine, the American Heart Journal, and a journal simply called Thorax. And so these are medical studies that show um, when patients have decreased vital capacity and expiratory capacity, those patients um, with mild to moderate scoliosis will predict uh, increase mortality. And so that's pretty powerful. And so I try to teach my patients that, and I, I want to do it in a non-threatening way, but I want to also present them the real outlook, okay? So they have to understand um, what will happen, you know, as this curve gets worse and what their quality of life might be like. Okay,
2: uh, gentlemen, what I'd, I'd like to do is, uh, I'm going to do a couple more things, but I'd like to Kind of end a little early, if, if okay. Uh, but uh, Dr. Joe Ferentelli, uh, who's with CBP, but also CEO of Posture Co. I, I know that a lot of people out there use Posture Ray, but a lot of people don't. And uh, what Joe will do is, Joe's going to show some of the new improvements that he's done in addition to the Posture Ray analysis of scoliosis using CBP technique methods and also existing methods in the literature. So, uh, Dr. Joe, if you can just briefly comment on uh, posture ray for scoliosis. Yeah,
0: well, anybody that's ever measured or tried to measure scoliosis, um, it becomes a real pain, especially when you're going to do comparative reports. I mean, it's a nightmare. Um, And seeing things objectively on pre-post films, a lot of times it's very... Uh, how should I say, it's uh, most times doctors will go back and not pay attention to the previous sets of films, and they're going to compare different aspects of the vertebra instead of the same levels. And Posture does a good job of keeping track on what areas that you, you measured before, so you care, uh, compare apples to apples. But the biggest thing is when you're dealing with these, these cases, part of what it goes back to what Fred has said is that You know, these patients are going to come in, they already know what Cobb angles are if they have a scoliosis most of the time, Uh, especially the ones that are, you know, especially the ones that are usually seeking out Joe's care. They already know. They don't want to have surgery. Uh, You have to give them a a complete, concise report. And rest assured, when they go home with a patient report for scoliosis, it's like no other. Nobody's ever done that. So it's twofold. You actually have, um, we have new, improved methods for digitizing scoliosis uh, that some of you may not have seen, which we're going to go ahead and share. But the patient report is essential because if you don't get that patient to understand that the benefits of what you offer as a structural-based uh, doctor, they're not going to stay on long enough to where you can actually correct their spines or even attempt to correct their spines. And that's one of the niches that Posture actually fills. It's not just a, a simple measuring device for your x-rays. It makes your life simpler, but it's also a, an EMR tool, but basically a practice builder for cases like this.
2: Yeah, fantastic. So we'll go through that, and uh, uh, we'll go through uh, a lot of the information that, and more and that, that uh, Dr. Joe Betts was going through and then uh, what Dr. Fred Domenico was going through. And uh, Dr. Joe alluded to it, but I'd just like to end with it, is uh, my father's contribution to the understanding of complex deformities of the spine and posture. And really the complex deformities are – things that typically don't occur when you move your your spine and move your posture. So you've got a a displacement in the spine that does not match what a simple postural deformity or what we call elastic bending or elastic buckling will do. And Joe referred to the non-commutative property of finite rotation angles under addition. And people out there are going to say, well, what does that mean? Well, we learn when we're little kids... When we're in first grade and second grade, and for me it was when I was three, we learn how to add numbers. And when you add numbers of of, uh, different amounts, what happens is it doesn't matter what order you add them in. For example, you can say one plus three equals four. And then you could put the other way around. You could say three plus one equals four. So numbers... It doesn't matter what order you add them in. You still get the exact same value, and that's called commutative property in in mathematics. Well, unfortunately, rotation angles are not commutative. They they don't follow 1 plus 2 is the same as 2 plus 1. They don't do that, and it depends on the size or the magnitude of the rotation angles involved. And with scoliosis, we obviously have large rotation angles. We have large decreases in the sagittal plane curves. We have large lateral bending, and we have large y-axis or axial rotation. So we have three large uh, rotation angles, and the problem is you've got to figure out what sequence of movements of the body to do to unwind or untwist that scoliosis, untwist and unbend. And the only way to do it is with, you know, combined movements of, of the, the uh, human body and taking x-rays to see what order reduces their scoliosis appropriately. And the x-rays are, are rather detailed. You can't just flop somebody in front of a bucky and do it because you have to center their pelvis when you're looking at the, the uh, lumbar spine and you have to center the thoracics when you're looking at the thoracic spine, and and that might seem easy, but when you've got somebody that you're you're asking them to do two or three different movements with their body, centering them is not so easy. So the, there's a lot of details that go into this, and, and uh, my father's the one that first showed chiropractors how to do this with conservative care. Now, in in the field of scoliosis biomechanics in general, they knew that x-ray analysis and some of the software to understand the scoliotic deformity, they knew that they had to have a proper defined sequence of the order of rotation angles. That was already present in some of the uh, computer modeling programs, but nobody ever applied that to the patient care, the treatment of the patient to correct their scoliosis in a non-conserve or in a non-surgical manner. And that's what my father did. He said, look, you've got to look at their posture and you've got to figure out the order of the movements that are needed to change this scoliosis. And so we built a a whole system, sorry about that, we built a whole system around how to do that and uh, and how to take the stress x-rays and and identifying that stress x-rays are actually different in different combinations of movements. And we did some publications on that. Uh, One of the publications we did was in 2005. uh, We presented it at uh, the World uh, Federation of Chiropractic uh, Conference in Sydney, Australia, uh, 2005. We had a a presentation there, and that's in their guidelines or in their proceedings book. And then we did it in 2006 in a different group of patients in the Journal of Chiropractic Education, uh, so, we have a few preliminary publications on, excuse me, as I, I burp on uh, the podcast, but uh, I'm kind of choking on my, my emotions right now, but, uh, you know, we've done some preliminary research on the fact that, that that this is a reasonable approach if the patient fits the inclusion and exclusion criteria, and so you have to learn what those things are. Uh, so, with, with that being said, this is a I know it's a promotion of a seminar too but also at the same time it's a promotion of of a man who happens to be my father for which uh, I was humbly blessed to to uh, grow up with the man and learn from him firsthand uh but it, so it's a tribute to what he did uh in the field of scoliosis deformity management and if you'd like to learn about that hopefully you'll attend with us in Seattle Uh, at the SeaTac Airport, Doubletree Hotel, August 13th and 14th. And uh, we'll see you there and you can learn more about this. So with that being said, gentlemen, I'd like to conclude the the podcast and I'll I'll open it up for final comments from from everybody. But uh, thanks to Dr. Betts for coming up. And uh, thank you, Dr. Fred and Dr. Joe and all the listeners out there.
1: I'd like to make a comment. You know, I think... You learn how to fix scoliosis. Number one, those patients suffer the most. It's not because of pain or anything else. It's because nobody else can help them. It's just watch and wait. And if you're a purpose-driven chiropractic, you know, subluxation-based, whatever that means, then we have a responsibility to know spinal correction. The next thing is when you can fix a scoliosis, everything else is easy. So if you want to be great to your patients, learn how to fix the hardest people. You know, I always say that my passion is scan. It's like when I can bang down a line on a bump run and hit moguls really hard, everything else is really easy. Well, an analogy would be bump scan is similar to scoliosis. It probably gives you scoliosis, but uh, you know, if you can fix the hard ones, everybody else is easy. And so we have a responsibility to know how to fix the toughest. Because those are the people with the least hope and the least choices. And people like Don Harrison, BJ Palmer, all the predecessors throughout Fistic Chiropractic didn't give their life so you could sit home on the couch. You know what I mean? Not just, I know there's people out there doing screenings and out there teaching the message and teaching workshops and, and we all love and appreciate that. Now live the principle and help the people that need the help the most.
2: Well said. Well said, Fred. Joe?
0: Yep. Uh, You know, it sums it up. You guys summed up everything that I have to say.
2: All right. Well, I got a pool party happening in the backyard with with, uh, Vince's kids and and Joe's kids and my kids. So, gentlemen, uh, I've enjoyed the podcast as usual, and uh, we'll speak to the listeners out there again next week, yes? Sounds like a All plan. Right, sounds great. Love you guys. Thank you. All right. All take right. care. You guys too, man. Have a good night.